0: It is awesome to be here with all of you this afternoon. My name is Stephen Orban. I've been with AWS for a little over five years now. I spent my first several years with AWS leading our enterprise strategy globally. And over the last couple of years, I have spent my time building a new service called AWS Data Exchange that I'm super excited to share more about with you today. I'm gonna be joined by one of our partners, Brett Davis who's the general manager over the Converge Health business by Deloitte. He's going to be sharing with you some of the transformative things that they're doing to help their customers in healthcare and life sciences transform the way medicine and healthcare is delivered to us as patients today. I'll also be joined by my colleague Akram Chedeby, one of the senior product managers working with us on AWS Data Exchange. And he's going to spend some time actually showing you how the service can be used to procure and use third-party data to help you drive meaningful insights in your business. Now, it should come as no surprise to you that developers, academics, and enterprises are using more data from more third-party data sources to make more and better data-driven decisions. Some use cases for third-party data are well understood and have been happening for decades. In financial services, organizations like banks have been using market data, company fundamentals data, and news feeds for decades to drive smarter investment decisions and help their customers do the same. Doctors and healthcare providers have been using real-world evidence data to understand the efficacy of various different treatments and discover new drugs to keep us all healthy. Advertisers. Have been using customer sentiment data to develop marketing campaigns to help reach the right audiences at the right time and at the right place. But there's also a number of use cases that are emerging that will continue to shape how we understand the world around us, particularly now that the cloud has made it possible to generate seemingly infinite amounts of data on the cloud. A couple of examples. Satellite imagery And location-based data, based on how people are moving around, can now be used to more efficiently respond to natural disasters, knowing when to deploy the right resources at the right place. Vehicles, the cars that we drive, are now being equipped with hundreds, if not thousands, of different sensors, all of which produce telemetry data that can help us predict traffic patterns and reward safer driving with lower insurance premiums. And of course, developers and data scientists are increasingly using machine learning to predict outcomes and need access to high quality data to train and influence their models. And just to give you a few examples, Merck, a large pharmaceutical company that many of you are probably familiar with, they subscribe to hundreds of different third-party data sources in addition to the corpus of data that they already have to do life-changing science to help discover new drugs, understand the efficacy of existing treatments, and plan for clinical trials. All of these efforts combine to deliver meaningful benefits to all of us in this room as patients. John Snow Labs, they maintain an expertly curated and up-to-date library of thousands of data sets to help healthcare and life sciences organizations like Merck, train and use machine learning to improve patient care. John Snow Labs has many of these data sets available on AWS Data Exchange today. And Crux Informatics, who now offers nearly 100 data products on AWS Data Exchange, has built an entire business helping large financial institutions normalize and ingest data from the disparate amount of third-party data sources so that their customers can spend much more time on the data science and the analysis and less on the wrangling and normalizing that between different data sources. And as I'm sure most of you would all agree, we all want to make data-driven decisions much easier. And customers have told us that they want the experience of finding and using data in the cloud where more and more of it is actually being generated and stored as easy as it is to shop for goods online today. Unfortunately, that hasn't really been the case for how data is exchanged between organizations today. First, there's no one place to go to find lots of interesting data across industries in particular. So you may know who some of the players in your industry are. For example, if you're in financial services, you may know that you can get market data from the exchanges. You may know that you can get analyst ratings data from the analyst agencies or news from folks like Reuters. But as soon as you want to start doing some joint analysis where you're taking that market and company data and you want to merge it with some location data that's showing how much traffic went through a particular parking lot or how many people visited a particular store at a particular time, or aggregated consumer transaction data to understand macro spending habits, you're kind of out of luck, because there's no one place to go where you can find all sorts of data across those different domains. And despite the fact that more and more organizations are generating so much interesting and valuable data in the cloud, There hasn't been an easy way to let the world know that they have it available, nor a way for them to easily deliver that and license it to customers at scale even if they wanted to. And even if you do find the data that you need from a data provider who has the capability to license it to you, you then might spend weeks, and we talk to some customers who spend even months ingesting that data into their applications, analytics, and machine learning models because every provider does it a little bit differently. We have customers who are still, in 2019, shipping hard drives, DVDs, and physical media to each other, managing hundreds or even dozens, dozens or even hundreds of FTP sites, many of which come with their own security and reliability challenges. And even APIs, which many of us might consider as a much more modern way to deliver data, leave it to the subscriber, who might be taking on dozens or hundreds of different APIs to understand the nuances to how each API is different, which takes away from the valuable time that they could otherwise spent analyzing and doing something meaningful with that data. As an example, I spent some time with one of the largest insurance companies in North America a couple of weeks ago, and they told me about their FTP team, which today consists of dozens of employees who do nothing but deal with the ingestion and the nuances of the hundreds of different data sources that they take in. All of those employees would much rather be spending the time doing interesting data science on that data so that they can come up with much more compelling services and capabilities for their customers and not have to manage all of that heavy lifting. And that's largely because all of the data providers have these same challenges in reverse. All of the plumbing that data providers need to serve their customers, storing the data, delivering it through all those various channels we just outlined, billing for it, and understanding how customers acquire the data so that they can keep up with it, isn't really a competitive differentiator. It's the cost of doing business. And many providers have asked us for a much more efficient way to be able to deliver to their customers at scale. Worst of all, these barriers often prevent organizations that do have valuable data to share today from making it available at all because it already isn't part of their core business and the cost of starting is just too high, which unfortunately leaves all of us who would benefit from being able to use that data in our decision-making frustrated because enough data isn't available for us to do so. And unfortunately, I can speak a little bit from first-hand experience with some of these challenges. Before I joined AWS, I spent a couple years as the CIO of Dow Jones, and before that, I spent 11 years at Bloomberg, and I can remember consistently being frustrated with how difficult it was for us to take data in, to enrich and add to our data products, and how frustrated some of our customers were for how difficult it was for them to get it from us at some times. So, after hearing this frustration over and over and over from hundreds of customers over the last several years, we're super happy to have been able to introduce AWS Data Exchange just a few weeks ago as a new service that makes it easy for AWS customers to find, subscribe to, and use third-party data in the cloud in a completely cloud-native way. In just a few minutes, all of you now sitting in this room can find more than 1,500 data products in AWS Marketplace from almost 100 qualified data providers. We currently have a strong selection of data in industries like financial services, healthcare and life sciences, location-based data, aggregated consumer spending data, and a whole lot more. Once you're subscribed to a product, you can use the AWS Data Exchange API to quickly and easily natively copy those data products into your own S3 bucket and then of course use it inside any service that works on top of Amazon S3. Every time a data provider publishes a new revision of their data, AWS Data Exchange sends all active subscribers a CloudWatch event so that you can automate the ingestion and acquisition of that data as it's being published. All subscriptions clearly appear in your AWS Data Exchange console, so you have one place where all of your licensing agreements and your subscriptions can be consolidated into. No more having to rummage around different filing cabinets or various emails of people who might have licensed the data product some time ago and are no longer with your organization, because all of that is going to be made available and kept available for you as part of your AWS account. And any fees for commercial data sets. That are made available are consolidated on your existing AWS invoice. Now I'm not, I can't be sure, but I suspect that many of you in this room will have procurement departments who will be quite pleased to be able to consolidate some of their invoicing and billing, particularly if you're subscribing to dozens or even hundreds of different third-party data sources. And for those of you who are on an enterprise discount program or EDP with us, all of your spend that goes towards data products counts towards your EDP commitment with us. And AWS Data Exchange also makes it easy for data providers to run their entire business on us and make it available to their customers as well. In just a few minutes, qualified data providers who have worked with our team, have understood our publishing guidelines, and we've made the service available to them, can create any number of data sets which you can think of as a logical container for a logically grouped together set of data. They can publish revisions to those data sets as they see fit, where a revision can contain any number of files or anything that can be stored in an S3 object. And then they can package those data sets in what we call products, where a product will contain any number of data sets, a data subscription agreement, or DSA, as we call it for short, that outline the provider's terms and conditions for licensing that data and a price, which of course could be free if that's how the data provider wanted to make it available. So for example, we have some market data vendors today who are making data sets on end of day equity pricing available. So every day at market close for whatever the number of venues in that particular geographic region, let's say in the US at 4.01 p.m., they're creating a new revision, publishing all the changes and trading activity for that day to that revision, publishing that into their product, and then any customer who is subscribed to that gets a CloudWatch event so that they can automatically uh, ingest that data into their applications. And all of these products then get made available to the millions of AWS customers worldwide inside of AWS Marketplace. Nothing to build, to store the data, to deliver the data, or to bill for any of it for your customers. Only those with an active subscription get access to the content. And all of this is done in a way that is consistent with what all of you have, expect, come, have come to expect from AWS. The catalog is globally available. So no matter where you are, you can peruse the catalog in AWS Marketplace and see what products are available. There's an easy to use API and console experience That allows you to both publish data if you're a provider and ingest it if you're a subscriber. And we already have a number of customers who are automating that entire process, both the publishing and the ingestion. So, for example, IMDB, the Internet Movie Database Organization, they have a number of data products that they're publishing on AWS Data Exchange today. Data products that cover movie performance, box office performance, actors and actresses, and what movies they've been in, so on and so forth. And they have a number of subscribers on our service today, most of whom are our media companies, who vend that, that, that data through our service. IMDB's engineers have set up a job to run every night to call our API and publish all the new revisions of all the new data that's to come in for that day. One of their customers in particular, a media company out in Europe, has a subscription to it. They listen for the CloudWatch event that our service sends every time IMDB publishes a new revision. That triggers a Lambda function that they've written. It's a very simple Lambda function that then retrieves the revision that IMDB published and then stores all of that data in their Amazon RDS database that their application sits on top of. So this customer's customers can use their application knowing that they always have the most up-to-date data from IMDB in a completely automated fashion. They've set it and forget it, and they don't have to deal with it anymore. And as Akram will show you in just a few minutes as part of the demonstration, you can easily use any of the data that you might subscribe to and other services that are meant to work with S3 across AWS. And in addition to being able to automatically consume new revisions, we have a capability called BYOS, or Bring Your Own Subscription, which allows you to migrate existing data subscriptions that you may already have from any qualified data provider we already have on the service. This gives you a single way to find and retrieve, not just new data that you might find on the service, but existing data from existing providers that you already work with in a way that is consistent with the analysis and machine learning that you're trying to do within the cloud. And, like all AWS services, we've built security and compliance controls into the service from the ground up. All data in and out of the service is encrypted in transit and at rest, and providers can use an optional feature that we've made available called subscription verification where they can understand their potential customers' use cases in, in the event that they need to comply with, let's say, a know your customer regulation or otherwise need to know how that data is going to be used before granting the subscriber access to the product. We have a number of compliance attestations that we'll continue to add over time to meet more use cases, and you can create fine-grained controls using IAM policies so that you can manage who does what under what circumstances on the service. And of course, you can audit all actions via CloudTrail. But you don't have to take just my word for it. At this point, I'd like to introduce to the stage Brett Davis, who's the general manager of the Converge Health Business by Deloitte, to help you understand how they're using data exchange in their platform to help their customers save lives.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks everybody for coming out. Um, hopefully you now get a flavor for why we're so excited about AWS the Exchange at Deloitte across all industries. But in particular, we're super excited about the potential that we believe it will have in transforming uh, life sciences and healthcare because we believe it really addresses some fundamental challenges that have prevented us from, as a society, fully realizing uh, the benefits of all the scientific breakthroughs and data that we're generating as an industry. By way of background, uh, I'm a partner at Deloitte and I'm the general manager of Converge Health. Uh, for those of you not familiar with Converge Health, uh, we're uh, a six and a half year old business unit uh, within Deloitte dedicated to building new digital and data platforms uh, to uh, support our life sciences and healthcare clients, take advantage of all the digital innovation uh, and insights from all the data uh, to uh, make value-based personalized healthcare a reality. To give you some sense of our scale, our platforms are now live in 22 countries around the globe, supporting millions of patients uh, with diseases ranging from diabetes through to cancer. Uh, We're supporting leading biopharmaceutical companies in their R&D efforts to help design clinical trials, identify adverse events from a safety perspective, um, and support health economics research to understand and quantify the value of the innovative products they're bringing to market. We also help leading healthcare systems understand what are the drivers of cost and take uh, inefficiency and waste out of the healthcare system so that our, our, our healthcare dollars can be spent uh, improving the lives of patients. So what do we mean when we say we want to enable value-based personalized healthcare? For those of you who don't live in the life sciences and healthcare industry, value-based healthcare may seem like a no-brainer. Of course we want value in our healthcare, but the reality is um, our healthcare system is set up to reward volume of activities. A drug company gets paid for the use of their drug, whether an outcome is achieved or not for the patient. A healthcare system gets paid uh, for an activity regardless of the outcome for the patient. And the the reality is aspiring to uh, value-based healthcare has been an ambition in healthcare for quite some time. But the challenge has been we haven't had the necessary data to actually quantify value and importantly reward and measure it. And a big part of the reason for that was when that data even existed, and it increasingly does exist, it lives across the healthcare ecosystem across multiple organizations. So what do we mean when we talk about personalized healthcare? Isn't all healthcare personal? The reality is is that the amazing advances uh, in science that we have seen are allowing us to understand the underlying causes of human health and disease at a scale that's literally unprecedented, almost science fiction. But our healthcare system's ability to identify the right patient at that right moment to bring that personalized treatment is very difficult. And when you look at that from a data lens, a big reason for that is because the data that's needed to generate that insight lives in many, many different places and is locked in silos, and there's no efficient way to break those silos down so that we can bring that more personalized therapy uh, to market. So hopefully you're starting to get a preview of why we're so excited about AWS Data Exchange and its potential transformative impact on life sciences and healthcare. At Deloitte, we like to take a long view as well to inform where we think the industry's going So we've developed a point of view that we call the future of health, and I won't have time to go through it in a ton of detail today. I'd encourage you uh, to to search for it and and read the longer piece if you're interested. But we basically looked at over three innovation cycles, and our research shows that innovation cycles tend to happen in seven-year waves. So we looked at over three innovation waves and looked at fundamental technologies that we believed were going to truly disrupt the way uh, that healthcare is delivered, the way that Um, new science is brought to market and fundamentally change, actually, the structure of the industry um, in in 20 years. And things like advances in nanotechnology, quantum computing, uh, genomics, artificial intelligence are the necessary substrate to drive this transformation. But when we looked at some of the barriers to the healthcare system fully adopting all of this innovation and taking full advantage of it, there was one common theme, and that was the need for secure, open, interoperable platforms to allow data exchange between organizations so our conclusion was the future of health is going to be driven by a digital transformation enabled by what we call radically interoperable data and open secure platforms and we believe aws data exchange is a huge first step in achieving this vision of the future of health but 21 years sounds like a long time and the reality is there's pain in the industry right now that we believe AWS Data Exchange can address today. So we do an annual survey, we call it the Real World Evidence Benchmarking Survey. Um, For those of you not in the industry, Real World Evidence is just fancy talk for all this digital data being generated in healthcare that's not part of a controlled clinical trial. So genomic data, data from all the wearable devices that we increasingly wear, uh, medical devices are increasingly generating tons of data, electronic medical record data, claims data sets, these are the types of data sets, the exhaust, if you will, of the healthcare system that's floating around out there, we call that real world data. When we asked our life sciences and healthcare clients, what's the single biggest challenge that you face to realizing the full potential of all this data and the insights that can come from it, out of a long list of 20 or so huge barriers, the number one cited reason at 60% um, was access to the right data at the right time. And when you scratch under the surface, um, in the next level of questions underneath that, that statement applies to two challenges. First, it's just finding the data in your own organization. And as we'll show in our demo, that's something we've addressed with many leading organizations with our Converge Health Minor platform. But importantly, a lot of the data at that moment when a new insight for a research study or the design of a clinical trial are trying to characterize and understand an adverse event and trying to understand why, why was it caused, oftentimes that data, frustratingly, isn't within your organization, it's external to your organization. And even knowing it exists other than conceptually is very difficult. And then once you know it exists, finding it, negotiating a contract, provisioning it and bringing it into your environment uh, feels almost impossible. And is certainly not uh, going to help with any kind of speed around the question, whether it be a business question, a clinical or a research question that you're, you're going to address. The next thing we asked is on a level of maturity, Those who have invested heavily uh, in building out analytics capabilities to deal with all this real-world data, where are they making those investments? And a full 80% and growing that had mature capabilities have built their capabilities to deal with all this real-world data in the cloud. So we've got an industry that's recognized building the analytics environments for managing all this data, deriving insights from it. It makes sense to leverage the cloud, but they're frustrated because all this data that also lives in the cloud isn't available to them at that right moment and at the right time. And then a full 93%, so almost 100%, are actively seeking solutions that enable broad sharing of data, of information, to share that evidence, both within their own organization and external to their organization. So when you look at these three things, these three pain points that are here and now in life sciences and healthcare, AWS Data Exchange, and we believe AWS Data Exchange was some of the software that Converge Health brings to the table and services Deloitte can bring, uh, can address many of these concerns. But we're not the only organization uh, that believes this. Um, So Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, hopefully many of you are familiar with Dana-Farber, one of the world's leading cancer institutes, um, also faces many of these challenges. They're a world leader in the delivery of cancer care, and they're also a world leader um, in the translation of new scientific discoveries to bring to patients faster. But the reality is today's amazing science requires uh, patience and more data than any one institution can generate, necessitating the need for multi-center collaboration. So we live in this paradox scientifically where the science is almost science fiction um, in terms of our ability to understand disease. You know, the the cost of sequencing a genome has gone from a billion dollars 20 years ago to a thousand dollars today. I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around that level of scientific and technology progress. But the ability to get a multi-center collaboration between institutions to share data is, takes a small act of Congress and is, is difficult with both technology uh, and contractual problems. So we collectively believe that this kind of multi-center research is going to have a big impact uh, on not just cancer but but many diseases. So I want to get to a demo to show how this all comes together and and make it real here in a second. Um, But first, I just want to introduce our Converge Health Miner platform. So our Miner platform is an AWS-based, cloud-based platform for helping enterprises do three fundamental things. First, explore the data that they already have, getting their arms around all the data that exists in different silos across the organization, identifying it, searching for it, and importantly, instantiating rules around who can use it for what purpose, and importantly, what has it been used before in the past. Two, it helps clients analyze and provision that data, both for power users, so the data scientists, the hands-on keyboard informaticians um, uh, who who want to get into the the, the underlying data and drive insights using modern machine learning tools, et cetera. And the Converge Health Miner platform brings all that to the table. But we also believed it was important to start democratizing the data and making it more accessible to the clinician researcher to the business executive who needs to make a decision about whether to advance a clinical trial, to the uh, physician who's designing a clinical trial. And therefore, we've built a bunch of tools that help what I like to call the mere mortals begin to also analyze that data that exists across the organization um, with tools that begins to to really democratize that. And then last but not least, um, any insight derived often gets lost at a moment in time in the organization. So we have knowledge management and collaboration features to make sure that data sets are linked to different analytical methods, are linked to different studies and outputs and decisions that are made so that institutional knowledge at the enterprise level uh, can be captured, reused, um, and is transparent. And what got us very excited when we met Stephen and his team about AWS Data Exchange was the ability to take the power of helping an enterprise get their arms around their data which is what Converge Health Minor does, and complement that with giving visibility out into the rest of the world to address some of those fundamental problems I talked about at the outset in life sciences and healthcare. So upstream, uh, we are investing as Deloitte through our analytics and cognitive practice, (coughs) helping clients who have interesting data sets that could be extremely useful in the right circumstances with the right patient consents to enable into a whole host of new business models with downstream collaborators um, but it's really not their core business to structure their data in a way uh, uh, to enter into those types of collaborations. So we can help structure those data sets, de-identify those data sets, make sure proper consents are adhered to, help think through the new business models around clinical trials um, uh, and r- new reimbursement models in healthcare are adhered to to take advantage of AWS Data Exchange. And then downstream, um, as Stephen alluded to, uh, the APIs are open. We have integrated Converge Health Miner, as you'll see in a second, with the AWS Data Exchange APIs, so now an organization um, can not only see the data within their own data lake within the Converge Health Miner platform, but also get visibility into other datasets that they may want to bring in for that research analysis to drive that new insight. Importantly, we're also offering that as a managed service. So there's uh, many use cases in healthcare because a lot of the data is sensitive that an organization on the upstream side may not want to send that to a downstream partner. So we will actually stand up the Converge Health Miner platform in a Deloitte owned and managed uh, AWS VPC to actually make sure that the rules of the collaboration are adhered to. And we think that will lead to some very exciting opportunities, particularly around value-based care, where we have a, a platform that we will stand up and actually use real-world data to run and adjudicate outcomes-based contracts between health plans and drug uh, manufacturers as an example so without further ado i'd like to uh, tee up the demo so we're going to introduce you to jenny who's a, a diabetes researcher at a major biopharmaceutical company uh, and we'll give you some insights into how she's leveraging not just the converged health minor platform but the minor platform uh, integrated with aws data exchange uh, to approach her her research in new and novel ways Assuming his password hasn't changed. <laughs> there
2: you go. This is Jenny, a researcher who needs to conduct a study to determine which treatments are most suitable for subgroups of diabetic patients. Jenny begins by searching for diabetes data available in her organization through Converge Health Minor as well as externally via the AWS Data Exchange APIs. She now has a complete view of data that could be used for her research in her organization, as well as external to her organization. Getting easy visibility into data that would benefit her research through AWS Data Exchange is a game changer in biomedical research. She realizes the best data for her research is not in her organization's data lake, but rather is available through AWS Data Exchange. Miner's integration with AWS Data Exchange provides a seamless user experience for Jenny to find a diabetes dataset externally in the AWS Data Exchange catalog, and she can start the procurement process by clicking Request Acquisition. Jenny's request goes through a procurement workflow in the Converge Health Miner platform which gives visibility into datasets licensed across different groups in an organization through AWS Data Exchange, ensuring no duplicate purchases of data assets across the organization. Once approved, the dataset is provisioned from AWS Data Exchange to the minor platform in Jenny's organization seamlessly. The process of finding, procuring, and accessing data, which takes weeks, is now simplified to minutes. The new data set is now available within Converge Health Miner for Jenny and other researchers within the organization. Metadata such as description of the population, data usage details are auto-populated using AWS Gloom. View aggregated data characteristics such as age gender distributions, lab values, and vitals can be easily explored Access can be controlled through a well-defined data governance workflow to ensure users get access to the right data at the right time for the right purpose. Jenny can now use a suite of self-service analytical tools to accelerate her research by using cohort comparison to compare and visualize key descriptive statistics, using treatment pathways to understand a patient's treatment journey, or using the Deep Miner app, which leverages Amazon SageMaker to proactively predict disease progression with machine learning algorithms. The combination of Converge Health Miner and AWS Data Exchange gives researchers like Jenny the power to find, access, and analyze data from more than a thousand of data products on AWS Data Exchange, in addition to data across their organization transforming the way life sciences and healthcare organizations generate insights to advance science and ultimately improve outcomes for patients.
1: So hopefully that gives you a flavor for why we're so excited about this partnership and this collaboration and what we believe can be really game-changing new models for delivering value-based personalized healthcare to patients.
0: Thank you, Brett. It's been awesome partnering with Brett and his team. It's a classic example of a better together story where we believe we can bring a lot of the undifferentiated heavy lifting of data distribution, while Brett and his team can bring a lot of the value of already knowing the healthcare and life sciences industry really well and helping their customers make use of it in a way that's more relevant to them more quickly. So, without further ado, I'd like to call up Akram Chedebi to the stage. He's going to show you how somebody who's contemplating a new business could use some of the data that they might subscribe to off AWS Data Exchange to make a real world business decision.
3: I hope you enjoyed the demonstration. Thank you, Stephen. Hello everyone. My name is Akram, and I am going to be doing a little bit of a live demo to show you the product in action so that you can see how you can use the product to browse data sets, subscribe to new data, and make business decisions. So I'm gonna dive right in. So let's say I'm an entrepreneur. Let's say I have developed a new technology to make vegan burgers that taste just like meat, they're healthier, they're better for the environment, and I wanna partner restaurants in New York City to distribute my new burgers. And let's say I happen to be already using AWS for machine learning to host my website. And I want to use AWS Data Exchange to see if I can find any data sets that can help me make decisions and help my sales team prioritize which restaurants they should partner with as they go to market with this new technology. So first thing I need to do to get started is on the AWS Management Console, I can go to the Data Exchange Console. There you go. And the first thing I see is the product catalog. So the product catalog, as you can see here, is basically a list of all the available products on the uh, AWS Data Exchange. We can see here that we have more than 1,500, almost 1,600 products covering a wide range of industries. We see that we have pretty solid selection in financial services, healthcare and life sciences, public sector, uh, things like retail, location, and marketing data. So it really covers a wide range of industries. And it also have a search and uh, discovery functionality so that I can search for products. So let's say I want to market my, my burgers. So probably what I want to know is um, maybe a list of restaurants in New York City or a list of venues of New York City. So I can search here for New York City, NYC. And I see, I'm just going to zoom in a little bit so that everybody can see. And I see that I already have some research, some, some relevant results. Top 1,000 New York City restaurants most exposed to crime. That sounds interesting. That's not exactly what I need now, but I may want to use it in the future. Uh, and I, I see here that there is a Foursquare product that includes venue data for the US. And I, what's interesting here is I see that there is a trial product for free. So maybe I can use that and experiment with it. And if I like it, I can buy the actual product. I can also filter on pricing if I know I'm experimenting and filter on free. That way I can only see the free products. So let's say I want to explore this product in a little bit more detail from Foursquare. I click on the product, and I arrive on the product details page. So the product details page is a page that tells me uh, effectively the content of the product and what is it that I'm going to be subscribing to if I do subscribe. So a big part of the product details page is the product description, and it includes all information that the data provider uh, wants to share with the potential subscribers as they learn about the product. So it can be anything from the content, to coverage, to update frequency, et cetera. So here, for example, if I zoom in a little bit, I see that Foursquare has decided to share with that, that there is venues across more than 800 categories, including restaurants and food venues, entertainment, etc. So this sounds interesting because it includes restaurants. And it also includes the fields that are included in the datasets. Specifically, it has the venue name, latitude, longitude, so the exact location, uh, the address, the city, the postal code, etc. So all of this description gives me an idea of what is it that I'm gonna be getting if I subscribe to this product. The other important thing that is available in the product description page is the uh, offer details. So the offer details are uh, effectively the terms and conditions of the product, which are the, the terms that I'm gonna be agreeing to when I subscribe to the product. The first and important part of the offer terms is obviously the price. So all the products in AWS Data Exchange are subscription-based, which means that I pay for a certain duration upfront and I get access to the data during that entire duration with any updates that are published by the provider as long as I have an active subscription. And at the end of the subscription duration, either I auto-renew, which I can set up, or my subscription expires and I lose access to the data and any new updates. The other important part of the offer terms that is available here is the data subscription agreement, which are effectively the terms and conditions and the do's and don'ts that the provider decides to assign to their product. So if I click on the data subscription agreement, it's interesting to see that it's readily available here. It's probably not the most exciting uh, part of a demo, but it's, it's very important to know that it's very transparent. It's very convenient. I don't have to call anybody. I don't have to contact the provider. It's all transparently available here and I can take my time to review it. So once I'm done with that, I can go back to the product. So I've reviewed the product description. I reviewed the offer terms. I can also see that there is more information here, like support information, if I want to ask more questions, etc. And if I like the product, I can just subscribe to it on this page. So I happen to already have a subscription to this product. So it, it tells me so over here. That's pretty convenient because we don't want customers to be subscribing twice to the same data, which happens more often than, than we would think. And if I were to be on a product that I didn't have a, t- a subscription to, let's say top thousand restaurants, tourists head to in New York, all I would have to do is click this button, continue to subscribe, configure my subscription, which is basically choose the duration. So a same product can have multiple durations at different price points. Decide whether I want to renew or not, review the data subscription agreement, and then subscribe or not. And if I hit subscribe here, all I would have to do is confirm my subscription and it will go through. So in this particular product, it's a it's $100 product. I'm not sure I really need it because I have the other one that I that I've reviewed, but, but it's good to know that it's there so I might subscribe to it later. So now we've, we've gone through the experience from browsing to discovering a product to subscribing to it, and now I have something that hopefully will give me a list of restaurants in New York that would help me prioritize them maybe by location, but it's still a lot of data and a lot of restaurants. So maybe something else I can do to to prioritize my sales team is to see if I can focus on high-income areas of New York City so that uh, I, I have something to focus on early on. And because my technology is still early and my burgers are still a little bit expensive, that would make sense for me to just focus on the high income. So I go back to the product catalog and I can search, for example, income zip code. And I see that there is this product by Enigma, which has the individual income tasks by, by zip code, including returns, the approximate number of households. So number of households by income bracket per zip code, number of restaurants per zip code. These sounds like two dimensions that I can use and I can segment the market and then see where I can prioritize my efforts. So same thing, I did the same thing here. I subscribed to this product, and now I have subscriptions to two different products from two different providers. So how do I use these products? So now I can go to my subscription page over here, and I land on my subscriptions page where I can see all my subscriptions to all my products. So I see that I have here a few of them that I already subscribed to, like New York City property sales, historical loans from small businesses, all sorts of data that I may find useful, the IRS data that I just subscribed to, some, some data from Intellect and obviously, I would also see the one, uh, the four square one, which, which is the one I just subscribed. So on the subscription page, I can see the terms that I agree to, which are the subscription start date, end date, the data subscription agreement, the refund policy. I can see whether I have auto renewal on or off and I can also see the terms of the renewal if they happen to be different from the ones that I agree to. And obviously, the last thing I can see is the datasets that are included in the product. So the datasets are the containers in AWS Data Exchange that are used to package data. So each product can contain one or more datasets, which I can view the list of in the product details page that we've seen before. And uh, the, the products can, be, can, can, can include up to 25 datasets. And the provider can include the same datasets in multiple products so that they can slice and dice their data in a commercial way, the way, the way they want to. So here I can see that this product contains one dataset. And if I click on the dataset, I can see the content of that dataset, which is represented in AWS Data Exchange in revisions. So a revision is a point-in-time view of a dataset that can represent an incremental change or a new snapshot of that data. And it's totally up to the provider to manage those revisions. So if it's a daily product, the provider can publish a revision every day. They can decide to publish completely new content every day or they can decide to um, just just publish what has changed. So do incremental changes every day. So it's really up to the provider. So here I can see that this data set includes one revision. It's normal because it's a trial product. The revision was published on November 5th. And if I click on the revision ID, I can see the content of this revision, which is files. So every revision in AWS Data Exchange can include up to 10,000 files. We call them assets. And these are just files that I can obviously download to my laptop and play around with if I want to. But more importantly, I can export to S3 where I can use the breadth of the AWS services to run all sorts of analytics and queries on. So if I want to export these files to S3, all I have to do is check the boxes. Click Export to Amazon S3. I've prepared a bucket here called Foursquare and click the button Export. So when I do that, there is a new job that is created. So a job in AWS Data Exchange is just a workflow, an asynchronous workflow that runs and copies the data from the service to AWS Data Exchange, uh, to, to my S3 bucket, from AWS Data Exchange to my S3 bucket. One thing that is important to note here is that every time a provider publishes a new revision, the data in that revision is copied to the service, and a copy is made of that data in the service itself and made available to subscribers. And this is very important because it allows subscribers to be able to access the history of the data. And if the provider wants to correct something or change something, they would have to publish a new revision. So as a subscriber, I get a reliable access to to the history of the data and can do things like bitemporal analysis and, 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 and other things like that. So after a few seconds, we see that the job has finished running. And if I go to my S3 uh, console, which I have here, go to my S3 bucket, I see that the files have been copied here. So this was just copied do- today, December 3rd I've done exactly the same thing for my Enigma data with the IRS income. So I have an Enigma folder and I have a CSV file here. So the the Foursquare revision had multiple files. The Enigma one has only one file and I've copied all of it to S3. So just to summarize where I am right now, I had a business problem, which is how do I prioritize my sales team? I browse the catalog, found two relevant products. I subscribed to them, went to my subscription page where I can see all my subscriptions centralized and I can see all different teams buying data in one place and I copied that data into S3. Now that the data is in S3, how do I actually visualize it and run queries on it so that I can make actual decisions uh, uh, for my business? So one thing, I can, one thing I can use to do that is AWS Glue. AWS Glue is an AWS service that does ETL, and that also has a catalog that categorizes and catalogs my data. And it has a nice feature called crawlers, which are a little piece of software that go into my S3 bucket, understand the content of my data, and then catalog that data into the the tables catalog so that I can automatically run queries on it. So if I go to the Glue console here, I see that I have a database called Foursquare and it doesn't have any tables in it. And what I can do is go to the crawlers page and then create a crawler that would go into my S3 bucket, understand those files that I just exported from the Foursquare data and then hopefully understand the different columns and their types and then add them to my tables. So I'm gonna create here a crawler called foursquare crawler. Next, I'm gonna need to tell it which S3 bucket to look into. So this one, Uh, I only have one data store. I'm gonna give it permission to read from my S3 bucket because by default it doesn't have that permission and I'm gonna run it on demand. And if it finds any useful data, I'm gonna ask it to create a table in my Foursquare database. So I'm done creating my crawler. Once the crawler has finished creating, I can run it. So as I run the crawler, what it's doing is that it's going into the S3 bucket that I specified, opening up the files, seeing if there is the same schema or a different schema, if there's different partitions, and then putting all of that in my catalog. So the crawler is going to take a minute or two to finish running. So I'm just going to take a break and show you something that is a little bit uh, related to revisions update. So one product that I have a subscription to here is this one. It's called AWS Data Exchange Heartbeat. So this is just a sample product. It's a test product. It doesn't contain any useful data. But it happens to be updated every 10 minutes. So every 10 minutes, we publish a new revision to it. So if I go to the data set here, I will see that as I was speaking here, four minutes ago, there was a revision that was created 14 minutes ago, 24 minutes ago, et cetera. So this is useful for us just to do testing and for any subscriber to kind of test the automations they have. And what I did here is that for for every time I get a new revision from this product, I get a CloudWatch event from the service. So I built an automation that uses that CloudWatch event to copy the data to my S3. So what I just did manually for the Foursquare data, I automated here to be done every time there is a new revision. So if I go to my Lambda console, I see that I have a function here called Heartbeat Export. And this function is triggered by a CloudWatch event. And it does exactly what I did in the console. So without getting into the details of the code, what it does is that it creates a job to copy every single asset in my revision into S3. So if I go to S3, and look at my uh, heartbeat folder, I see that every day there is a new folder that is created. And as we have been speaking, new files have been created here. So uh, this is like a set up once and forget about it uh, type of configuration where I only set up my Lambda function once and I can be confident that every time a provider is publishing new data, it's landing in my S3 with the latest update. So now that I've showed you this automation, I'm gonna go back to the Glue console and hopefully the crawler has finished running, it did. So I see the crawler that I just created has been running for 55 seconds and it created one table. So if I go to my database and look at the Foursquare data table, I see that there is a table here that was not there a few minutes ago. It was created by the crawler. And if I click on it, I see that it automatically found a number of columns as, long, as well as their type. So it found that venue name is text, that latitude, longitude are numbers, etc., etc. So I didn't have to open the files or try to understand them for this to show up automatically in my, in my data catalog. Uh, I also, it's also interesting to see that it also supports partitions so that if there is different revisions and different folder structure in my S3, it will all merge them up in the same table and be able to process them as partitions so that multiple files are now showing up in my data catalog as one table that I can run queries on. So once it's in my um, data catalog, I can use the host of AWS services to analyze the data. For example, I can use Athena, which is our serverless query service, and, and run a query directly on the S3 files as long as they are cataloged in my data catalog. So I go to the Athena console here, and I can see that on the left side of the Athena console, I can see that my databases are shown here. There you go, if I refresh this. And this is the table that was just created now by the crawler. And I can run queries on it, so that you don't watch me type. I've prepared some of these queries uh, just before getting on stage. So if I do just a, a simple select star, from the Foursquare table, I can see the data that is in the Foursquare files, and that's what was in the product description, which is basically venue names, venue ID, longitude, latitude, et cetera. And it has also a category which tells me if it's a restaurant or not a restaurant. So I can run another query which counts the number of venues for which the category is restaurant, and here I get the list of zip codes with the number of restaurants for each zip code. So this is already interesting to me as somebody who is um, looking to prioritize my sales efforts. I can already see that some zip codes are standing out because they have a higher number of density of restaurants than others. Same thing I can do with the Enigma data. I can count the, the number of households for which the income is, let's say, between 100000 and $200,000 and get them by zip code as well. So I can do that here. And I can do even better, I can do the same query run on two different uh, tables, even though they come from two different data providers, and have a joint table that shows me the postal code, the city, the state, the number of restaurants, and the number of households. So now what I did is that I browsed the catalog, I found two different data sets from two different providers, subscribed to them, copied them to S3, got the data cataloged in my Glue catalog, and now I have a single table that has every single zip code, the number of restaurants, and the number of uh, households in that zip code. So that would make it easier for me to prioritize. And one way to do that would be to visualize it on QuickSight. So QuickSight is the uh, AWS service that allows me to do uh, visualization of data. And it's integrated with uh, Athena and S3. So if I go to the QuickSight console, I'm zooming in a little bit so that we can see. I can add a dataset to QuickSight from Athena. So I call it new dataset, a data source. And as a data source, I can choose any of my tables in the catalog, including the one that was just created by the crawler. So this one, just the table that was created by the crawler. I select that, I don't need this. And then automatically I will be on a dashboard where I can do all sorts of visualization and then drag and drop dimensions into this and then automatically will create some of these visualizations. So I did that just before getting on stage so that I don't have to like drag and drop things live. So one thing I did was to put in on this table that, uh, that we've done before, the number of venues, the number of restaurants on one dimension and the number of households on the other dimension. and and plotting the colors are the zip codes. So I can already see that there are some zip codes that stand out in the sense that they have a high number of venues and high number of households. So this one here, I think this is in Midtown. There's another one here in downtown. There's this one in Brooklyn. So I can see that there's these three that stand out. So QuickSight also supports mapping. So I can focus on these three zip codes and show the restaurants on these zip codes. So for example, I can show here I filter, I can do all sorts of filters here, filter on a zip code, and then use the latitude and longitude from Foursquare to show them on the map. And here I can see all the restaurants that my sales team can focus on and go and partner with. So here we've shown all the way from browsing data to finding data that I like, to copy it to S3, to making a business decision using query and visualization tools, all in a matter of minutes. So, I'm just going to go back to the slides to summarize some of these um, architecture diagrams. There you go. So, the first automation that I showed was the one with the heartbeat that uh, is automatically copying new revisions using CloudWatch event to S3. And once it's in S3, I can do all sorts of things with it. So here, what's in what's in S3, I can have a glue crawler that understands the data, put it in my catalog, maybe do some ETL on it so that it goes, uh, it gets processed into S3. And then once it's, once it's processed, I can run queries on it with Athena. I can do Redshift, which now supports uh, directly querying on S3. I can do visualization with QuickSight. I can even do machine learning with, with SageMaker. So this was just an example of a small business decision that you can do using third-party data on AWS Data Exchange. And it's just the tip of the iceberg. So there is, as you've seen, there's 1,600 products and it's growing. And we've always uh, been surprised by how customers uh, use our services. So I'm looking forward to see how you guys are gonna be using this. Thank you very much. And I'll hand it back to Stephen.
0: Thank you, Ackerman as he pointed out, it's still early days for us. We just launched a service. We're super excited to see what sort of innovation you all will do in your business using some of the data we have available and just to round us out as he said we have nearly 100 providers on the service today uh, um, offering more than uh, over 1500 products these come from stock exchanges like Tomo- Toronto Montreal exchange aggregated consumer spending data from TransUnion Equifax and Experian Uh, Insurance intelligence from folks like Verisk, news from Reuters, company data from ADP and Dun & Bradstreet, location data from Foursquare and Pitney Bowes, healthcare and life sciences data sets from Change Healthcare, OM-1, Medisafe and many others, open data sets from folks like REARC, many of whom are here in the room, they can also help you get some of your data on the service if you are interested, Enigma and Crux, and lots of others and this list is going to continue to grow as we work with more customers who are looking to reach more customers so thank you so much for coming to our session today if you haven't heard enough from me already i have a number of books that i wrote a couple years ago in the back to give out feel free to take one on your way out super excited to see what you can do to innovate on the service and if you have any other questions for us please reach out to our emails here thank you very much